right, folks. So welcome back to another episode of Maybe Next Time. I am your host, William Bluer, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Nets Nation! Oh, thank heaven for 7-Eleven! <laughs> <laughs> That's right, the jersey numbers have dropped! <laughs> um, it is a rapturous few days and a f- absolutely frenzied Twitter experience post-numbers dropping uh, of new players on new teams. Simon, I'm going to admit something to you that I don't think I've ever told anyone else. I do not do not care at all about numbers. Really? Okay. Yeah. Uh, what are you? Are you a numerologist? Well, listen, I am with Anthony Puccio and many other members of Nets Nation in thinking that they should retire number 11, Brooke Lopez. Yeah. Uh, you know, were we a more storied franchise, perhaps he wouldn't make it, but... Uh, the guy is our leading scorer. I think our leading rebounder are very close. He is a lot of our, you know. Yeah, he's he, on. He, yeah, he and Buck Williams are battling right. for most of the big boy uh, stats on all-time nets. Right, exactly. And he was a good, you know, good teammate, good net all around. So I, I, I'm sad to see that go. Now, uh, Kevin Durant taking Joe Johnson's number seven. I'm fine <laughs> with, though. I do think is a bit auspicious. Yeah. Um, so we are back as we are each and every week to bring you all things Nets Nation. Uh, subscribe, rate, review, wherever you can find podcasts. Hit us up with cues on Twitter, Instagram, gmail.com. Um, yeah, maybe next time at gmail.com. Yeah. Yep. That's yeah. our name, folks. Yes. Uh, all right. So we've got a jam-packed agenda Today, Simon. Okay. We're going to start off with news you can use. (laughs) (laughs) Then we're going to switch gears to a Simon Says segment. Okay. Uh, Fun title, I'm sure, not annoying at all. That's good. Did you get that a lot as a kid? Simon Says. Yes. Okay, okay. All right. (laughs) Or were you spared that very obvious childish joke? No, it it is some of the most. Pained memories of my of my <laughs> life was having to hear somebody say that and then be like, right, Simon says, and then me having to like, depending on the scenario, usually have to g- give them a response that made it seem like I found that so endlessly clever and like I'd never heard that before. Right, like, oh, right. Simon says, right, good one, good one for you, buddy. <laughs> uh, yeah, I had a similar thing. Uh, last name Bluer. Often mispronounced Bueller mm. um, to endless fascination and laughter. Hmm. Uh, less annoying, though, than the Simon says. I felt guilty even saying that on this. But <laughs> anyway, and then we've got actually a huge mailbag yes. this week with some pretty meaty questions. Absolutely. So thank you, listeners, who wrote in. We will get to those shortly. And for those of you who haven't written in, uh, it's a hell of a good time. Yeah. You will not regret having done so. And I guarantee you, if you write in, it will be featured in a podcast. That, we'll, we'll get to you. That's the MNT guarantee. Yeah, uh, all right, Simon. Before we do either of those things, though, it's a bet payoff. I won the final two bets of last season. First one, we bet whether or not Ed Davis would re-sign with the Nets. Simon was convinced he would. I was convinced he would not. I thought he was going for the money. Uh, he did leave, but I wouldn't really <laughs> say he hit a big payday. No. Uh, I think if, if there was any time for him to hit a big payday, it would have been this offseason. Uh, Ed, I know you're listening out there somewhere. Fire your agent. He's yes. terrible. Exactly. He is that, miserable at their job. totally right. Uh, um, you deserve a great deal more than $5 million a year for two years. You are an invaluable uh, defensive and rebounding presence. We miss you, buddy. I wish I hadn't won that bet, but I did. Um, so I'm enjoying this lovely DDH Sour Ale from Thin Man Brewery. Simon gets me. Uh, yep. Thank you for that. <laughs> it, it hurt to buy that, but I'm I did. sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, and the second bet, Simon took a two-to-one odds. I was going to get him two beers if he won this one. Um, that Julius Randle would become a net. He almost became a net. He became a Nick. <laughs> uh, he did not, however, become a net. Simon, 
do you think will ever get Julius Randle on this team? Time will tell. He'll be a free agent in two years, probably. What do you think? Do you think Julius Randle and D'Angelo Russell have any potential to reconnect, possibly? Yeah, I, in, in that they are both valuable, but far from untradeable players. Yeah. Um, I, yes. was, I was so amped up for a, for a Randle-D'Lo reunion. Me too. So another bet I am sad to have won, but uh, the sweet, sweet sour of this DDH is making it all better. Thanks for paying up. Sure. All right. One final last pst, it's gossip time thing. Mm-hmm. Have you seen D'Lo's Instagram? No. All right. So he went to a sip and paint. You know those, like, you get a bottle of wine, you bring a bottle of wine, you, like, paint pottery. Oh, okay. Or okay. This was painting, painting like, a canvas. Okay. So, a, a, you know, a painting. Okay. <laughs> uh, so he went to that. He featured it on his thing. Uh, not, have you done one of those? No, I've heard of it. Uh, Believe it or not, no, I have not gone and painted. <laughs> uh, you're familiar with my artistic uh, capabilities. <clears throat> so... Who do you think D'Angelo Russell did a sip and paint with, Simon? Uh, Take one Devin guess. Booker? Devin Booker. Did you see, by the way, just just a, a very, very quick, very, very quick aside, sorry. Did you see that the Suns reportedly didn't pursue D'Angelo Russell because he would be a bad influence yes, on Devin Booker? Yes, I did. Yeah. Because, well, because of the pot thing. Yeah, I yeah. Um, yeah, it's totally absurd. Uh, their loss because yes. they have yet again a miserable team. <laughs> um, so he and Devin, BFF Devin, went mm-hmm. to sip and paint. Uh, um, can you guess? They both painted the same, approximately the same subject matter. Um, do you want to take a guess what it was? Basketball? No, no. Uh, oh, Forbidden love? No, two uh, <laughs> two women's butts. Wearing thongs. Oh, yeah, okay. Yeah. Laying a little <laughs> thick, guys. So, uh, yeah, anyway, those, those guys were out having fun. Mm. Um, D'Lo, we will keep a watch on you as you meander throughout the league. I, I do not, in my heart of hearts, think he's long for the Warriors. But this is a Nets podcast. We aren't going to go there right now. Sure. All right. Off-season moves. It was revealed that KD and Kyrie have three-year contracts where the fourth year is a player option. Mm-hmm. Does that in any way shake your exuberance over these two contracts? No. Um, I, if anything, it, it, it makes me happier because it means that this, that this whole experience could be a three-year thing. Um, and then if it doesn't work, you know, it's it's all the more tradable. Um, now, again, both of those players have a history of injuries. One of them can't walk right now. So it's very possible it'll end up being a four-year deal. But I actually don't... I actually don't fear, you know, this that, that losing Kevin Durant in the fourth year or, or losing uh, Kyrie because... Um, you know, then we just go and do something else. It's just you know, uh, it'll be a new new experience. And I, and uh, yeah, I don't know. What what uh, what about you? I mean, uh, no. I guess I'm 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 ultimately fine with it. I think Kawhi and Paul George. Uh, well, definitely Paul George. But I think Kawhi's thing is only two years. It is. Yeah, with the player in the third. with the player in the third. So I'm I'm really glad we don't have that because if we had KD on that, that would be truly terrifying. Um, not that. Contracts uh, have very much meaning in the NBA now because you can demand a trade seemingly anytime you want. Um, yeah, I wish that fourth one maybe were team option, mm-hmm. um, not a player option. Mm-hmm. But whatever. I don't want to. I don't want to relitigate how I feel about this. No, thing. totally. I would. I would just add that like it'll be KD in his thirty-four year season. So like, if we are like, oh, please, Kevin Durant, come back at thirty-four. You know, like, we're... I mean, maybe... That will either mean that he's had a great two previous years Mm -hmm. with us, or it will mean we are truly delusional that a 34-year-old Kevin Durant is, like, the last piece of the puzzle, and we're begging to pay him 40-some million dollars. Right. 
Um, well, we will have just won at least one championship at that point. Yeah. Uh, according to Nets Nation. Uh, all right. So Warriors, we figured out what the pick, the sign and trade pick was. It is first round protected one through twenty next year, and if it doesn't hit uh, in twenty one through thirty, then it conveys as a second rounder in twenty twenty five. I, for one, <laughs> cannot wait for the Nets to have a first-round pick. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that there is a very high probability that the Warriors remain in the ten best teams in the league. What do you What do you think? I shouldn't wager to guess. I don't know anything about the NBA, but I, I, I you know, I, ho- I hope you're right. I think. I mean, I think that they're being somewhat overlooked and uh, and written off. Uh, they still have Curry. They still have Draymond Green in a contract year, which could motivate him to be a little bit better than he was in regular season last year. D'Lo is nothing to turn your nose up at, and uh, Clay is supposed to get back midseason. And they kept guys like Looney. Yeah, though ACL. T- I mean, that that's what like um, God, who Livingston mm-hmm. like had. Like that's a pretty bad. It's a very it's, bad. It's no Achilles tear, right. but it is maybe the second. Most yes, debilitating, definitely the second injury. most. Yeah, no, it's, it's a horrible thing to come <laughs> yeah. back from. Um, but I don't know. I'm I'm very much hoping uh, that we get that pick next year. Um, Simon, oh, do you want to t- do you want to mention the the Durant? Oh, the Kevin Durant thing. Yeah. yeah. So part of that was, as Nets Nation, uh, you'll likely know, was um, <clears throat> that. Kevin Durant, apparently, according to Brian Winhurst, was the driving force behind the Nets getting that protected first-round pick in the sign-in trade um, for him, where uh, the Warriors got D'Lo, we got um, Kevin Durant. Um, He did not want to be traded straight up for D'Angelo Russell. Now, in that reporting, it does not say this was because Kevin Durant feels like he's a million times better than D'Angelo Russell and didn't want, you know, any sort of historical record showing that he was traded for for D'Angelo Russell um, and so wanted to try to make the the trade more even in his eyes. But I don't, can't really imagine any other reason other than his ego that he didn't want that. I mean, I know he's fighting for his team's interests, I guess, but that's what Sean Mark's job is. Yeah, but (laughs) in... I don't. I don't. Maybe I'm just not thinking about it correctly. But why, in the horse historical record, instead of a straight up trade, which mm-hmm. he was going to find offensive, it now looks like it was him plus a first round pick for D'Angelo Russell, meaning that D'Angelo mm-hmm. Russell was so much better mm-hmm. than Kevin Durant that they had to attach another lucrative thing right. to take Kevin That's Durant. That's true. That's a good. So point. I just don't understand like the the logic of how that could have been it exactly. Um, other than some weird power game that I am not fully comprehending right now. Yeah, I don't know. Okay. Go ahead, yeah. Uh, So, Bill Simmons had Chris Mannix of Sports Illustrated on his podcast. And Chris Mannix reported on the podcast that he was talking with Jared Dudley. Did you hear this part of the podcast? I don't think so. So he was talking with Jared Dudley, who expressed to him that he thinks that there is a very high likelihood that there is going to be serious tension between Kenny Atkinson and Kyrie Irving. Oh, in that article? Uh, that was in the that was in the podcast oh, that the I po- heard okay, it, okay, okay, uh, yeah okay, that okay, I heard okay, it discussed. Okay. So he says that Dudley is saying these are theoretically Dudley's words. Uh, they're basically coming from totally opposite perspectives. Where Atkinson wants everyone to work their ass off all the time. Every single regular season game is a life and death thing. It is reflected in his sleepless, gaunt face and unkempt, very <laughs> oddly wet hair. Yeah. Uh, um, and Kyrie is more of the LeBron variety, uh, and 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 Kawhi, where the the regular season is like practice, uh, and the only thing that matters is the postseason. And Dudley sees this as a huge potential source of conflict. Um, how big of an issue do you think that is? So I so as I 
read it in his in Mannix's story about this. Mannix is the one who's positing that that, that could be a source of tension. Uh-huh. And Dudley was asked about this, and Dudley says, seemingly talking about just like their two personalities, uh-huh. saying like, yeah, because Kenny, you know, holds everyone accountable, and like, you know, he he will like call you out if you mess up, uh-huh. and so. That could be a source of tension, and Mannix mentions, like, yeah, Brad Stevens isn't that confrontational, isn't as confrontational as Kenny. Okay. Um, And then Dudley then in the article says, at the same time, like, Kenny will try to, you know, after after he yells at you, he'll say, like, you know, what can we do to, like, you know, bring out the best in you or whatever. So basically, it is concerning to me. Nonetheless, it is concerning to me, and... As Bill Simmons said on the podcast, I think it's the same one, where he's like, surely Kenny has less job security than Brad Stevens, mm-hmm. which I agree with. Oh, um, absolutely. Brad Stevens is revered as a god in Boston, uh, and Kenny is certainly not that. Right. No. Um, but I guess I... Yeah, so, so there's definitely some real concern, and as we've talked about, he could very well be... Uh, out of a job very quickly this year or, or next year, but I also just feel like there is a chance that that Kenny's uh, like mean but nice persona of of like yes, getting in your face about a mistake you made, but then going back and saying like, look, let's work together and and you know let's let's like you know I, I'm willing to listen to you the same you know the same way he he had with D'Angelo and has with Spencer. Um, maybe that will work. I know it's different with a NBA champion and multi-time all-star, but but I, I do hold out some hope. What about you? Um, yeah, no, I mean, I think it's clear that when you bring in superstars like this, they call the shots. Uh, you want a hot take on what's happening with the coaching situation? Yeah. I predict that we do have the coach in Brooklyn who will be coaching the Nets by the time KD plays his first game. Uh, and I do not believe that coach is Kenny Atkinson. I think that coach is summer league coach and assistant coach Adam Harrington. Oh, so he's the guy who has yeah. worked out Kevin Durant for a long time. They have a very good personal relationship. That's how Karis LeVert got to work out with Kevin Durant. Um, he, I've seen him because I was watching some of the summer league. It's like a very cool looking guy. He's got like big a beard, big right? beard. Like a beard, yeah, like faded sort of, uh, sort of white nationalist looking haircut, but it's more hipster than that. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not why I think he <laughs> right, looks cool. Right, sure. uh, it's got that hot look that everyone's going for these <laughs> you know, days. No, but just like a fade on the sides with longer hair on top. Yeah, yeah, I, I, um, and then like a big beard. Uh, and I don't know. I just think I do think that for sure those two are are going to be calling the shots. I think for sure Kenny Atkinson and Kyrie are going to have issues because um, everyone does. And I and I and I think that if Kevin has a really special bond with Adam Harrington, and Adam Harrington's been a part of the system and is a guy that Sean Marks trusts and knows, and that the players really like, I I could see that being a potential fit. Interesting, Bill. That that is interesting. Do you think there? Do you? How would you? How high would you say the chances are that Kenny uh, is able to keep his job over the next two years? Um. I'd say he has a 25% chance. Wow, that is low. I really do not foresee him staying, uh, remaining the head coach of the team. Um, all right, a couple minor things that we're going to point out before we shift gears into Simon Says. Apologies once again. Uh, <laughs> David Waba signed to a two-year deal. Yeah. Stole him away from the Cavs, who stole him away from the Bulls. He is a n- not not loved guy, but I I personally think he's fab- fabulous. How do you know about him? Um, well, Lane really liked him on the Bulls. Was very upset when he went to the Cavs, and when he came and played us, he absolutely wrecked us. He looked like a god out there. Um, but he's more like a Marcus Smart type, which is why I think you'll like him. He's really good defensively, uh, but his game is all about old school, like getting to the rim. Bat- uh, he's not a shooter, so yeah. that's why he is not getting the love that he uh, perhaps would have in another time. But I think I think he's great. And I think he could be really good. I mean, I don't know how many more of these sort of, like, guards we need, but um, <laughs> if he gets any run, he's, he's certainly not bad. And he's very, very different than uh, 
than than Shabazz. He he is a defensive spark plug, not an offensive one. Right. Can I read you a what I found a very exciting, tantalizing thing from uh, SB Nation's Indiana Pacers site because they were lobbying to to have him signed. Uh, it says that. Um, uh, sorry, he he played against Ben Simmons. He guarded Ben Simmons, LeBron James, Aaron Gordon, Jimmy Butler, and Jalen Brown, uh, who were the ten most frequent assignments. They they ranked amongst the ten most frequent assignments. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And uh, during the time that he was guarding them, uh, they registered no higher than a thirty five percent shooting percentage. Um, with Nuaba as the nearest defender, and the group as a whole shot a tepid. Uh, wait, what? What does that mean? Okay, anyway, it's a very low percentage. This was a terrible job of, of pulling out <laughs> stats. But anyway, um, you should read that article for yourselves, Nets Nation, because I totally botched it. But the point is, he played again. He he guarded several not only very good players, but quite differently sized and different positioned players. Um, and and they shot a pretty low percentage against him. Yeah, so that's no, very he's exciting. he's locked down. He's a defensive specialist. I think on a team with Kyrie Irving, who's notoriously not so great at that, or even on the second unit with Spencer Dinwiddie, who uh, is very offensively oriented now. Even though when we first got him, he was not quite so much. Uh, but I do feel. Uh, by the way, I do think that Spencer now, and I, he said it in some interview that I was reading. Uh, it feels like he has been told by the Nets that when he's on the court, he's he's supposed to be a score first guy. So when we watch the maddening like ball hog and chucking up unnecessary three after unnecessary three, I think he at least believes that that is is his point of being out on the court. Mm-hmm. Um, another guy we signed, Henry Ellenson, to a two way contract. Gotta admit, I had to look up Henry Ellenson. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, a, he's a Wisconsinite, mm-hmm. a big boy from Wisconsin. Um, shot well in extremely limited minutes. I have very low expectations uh, for Henry Ellenson. Yeah, uh, but shot what forty three, forty four percent from three last a, year. Last as, year, yeah, as you said, on a very low Trivion Graham level, um, if not lower. Mm-hmm. Uh, a sample, um, but I think could be somebody that because we're pretty with Kevin Durant out, we're still pretty shallow in the old front court, um, especially at that four position. So there's like Wilson Chandler, Kurutz, and right, and like, I, I guess if you want to play him there, um, Torian, yeah, Torian Prince. But right. you know, there's right. room there with an injury that we might need him. Um, Nets also acquired draft rights to 26-year-old Serbian guard forward Nemanja Denjubic from the Spurs and this six-foot-nine, 230-pound forward Aaron White from the Wizards. Mm-hmm. Um, and the Carroll, yes, Carroll trade? trade, yeah. Uh, so anyway, know nothing about either of those people. Yeah. Probably will never see them, but mm-hmm. they are Nets. Yeah. Which brings us. To issues very near and arguably too dear <laughs> to Simon's heart. Okay. Um, Brian Lewis tweets, Nets GM Sean Marks says, first time he found out that KD was coming to Brooklyn was on the Star's Instagram post. <laughs> says they didn't have an official meeting until after that night. Hashtag NBA. Yeah. <laughs> Great hashtag. <laughs> I have, I have a question for you relating, yeah. relating to this. Uh, do you think that's going to be how Kenny Atkinson learns he doesn't have a job anymore? This <laughs> is like Adam Harrington in the boardroom of <laughs> next episode. How does it feel to be head coach of the Nets? Um, I, <laughs> I still hold out hope that that. Uh, that Kenny's unique brand of tough love will, will win over Kyrie. But, um, no, I, I, I think that, first of all, everyone's been saying, and I, I'm sure there's at least some truth to this, that, that this was an answer Sean Marks gave to avoid uh, talking about tampering. Ah. But um, 
I do think that it's very possible. I mean, at the very least, I don't think anyone is disputing or, or yeah, that they did not on that day meet as in like a pitch face to face meeting. Mm-hmm. They were like sitting in the headquarters, and then they saw that Instagram post, and then Kevin Durant came in. Right. Yes, uh, that's what, and that Puccio story is all about. Did they meet? Well, we'll never know if they had a meeting, but all that matters is they're here. Right. So that is at least interesting, because, like, Kyrie at least came in and was like, hey, what's going on? Like, I'm, you know, here to, like, sign this. We can talk about some stuff or whatever. But Kevin Durant was just, just, like, phoned it in. Yeah, right, right. Um, Which is super interesting. Yeah, interesting is one way to put it. These are (laughs) two of the strangest (laughs) head cases in the NBA. A... Uh, anyway, let's move on to the next Brian Lewis tweet that you want to talk about, okay? Sure. Brian Lewis tweets, quote, What kind of impact are KD and Kyrie having on Brooklyn? The Nets, sorry, the hashtag Nets, have already <laughs> exceeded their ticket revenue from the entirety of last season, hashtag NBA. Isn't that... <laughs> <laughs> I want to be faithful to yes, the text absolutely. as it was no tweeted. Matter how many hashtags there are. Um, <clears throat> I find that so, so funny. Like, I, I, that's incredible. They're, they're, they're talking about setting, like, franchise records for for ticket sales right. and, and, and sponsorship revenue, et cetera, et cetera, uh, already. Like, they're, they're very much on track to do that. Um, and even with Kevin Durant... You know, definitely missing a big chunk of the season and probably the whole season, I would suspect. Um, they're still just, like, churning it out. And that, to me, is, like, I, I don't know. It's, it's like, unbelievable, even though, I guess, at the same time, you might expect it. To me, it still is a Nets fan. It's, it's no, it's, it's going to be crazy to see sold-out games. Yeah. Uh, we saw a few at the end of the season and in playoffs. Uh, it is a really exciting atmosphere, especially when we outnumber the goddamn opposing team's fans, and I think we now almost universally will, unless something really goes off the the rails here, and uh, and they start doing very poorly. But I think I think it's going to be a very different atmos for sure. Do you think though that like for games like against the Sixers, the Celtics, the um, Warriors, the you know those types of teams that will still outnumber? No, you're right. Celtics <laughs> are going to come out in mass to boo Kyrie Irving and. Knicks, uh, maybe. <clears throat> I might join them. Uh, <laughs> all right, next one. Chris Mannix tweets, "Quote: Sean Marks." who met with Kevin Durant yesterday in L.A., will not commit to a timeline for KD to return. Likely still that Durant misses all of the 2019-2020 season. Um, There was another article that I sent you Mm -hmm. from The Post that talks about how that was a stupid move to say he might come back to not not definitely rule out him coming back because it will then make... Everyone question when is he coming back? Is he coming back? Is he coming back all season long? He didn't take the opportunity to kill that narrative. Now, uh, where's your head at on this one? Me, I think cynically that it is entirely about squeezing some more season ticket sales out. I think Joe Sy, uh, in particular, and Nets uh, business folks in general are seeing green after so <laughs> so many years of seeing red on those balance sheets. And they are like adamant that Sean, uh, you know, keep 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 saying the, the words that will keep those season tickets uh, right. sales coming. Right, any day now, folks. <laughs> um, <clears throat> Kyrie, the uh, Zach Lowe published a story with the contract details yeah. for Kyrie and KD that are incentive laden. Yes, uh, KD's count against the cap because they are quote likely. Mm. Um, whereas Kyrie's do not count against the cap because they are quote unquote unlikely, mm-hmm. and they very much are unlikely. They have them all here, but we're not going to read through each and every one. Was there anything in that list that stood out to you as particularly bizarre? Uh, so to me, I I I found it interesting 
fascinating even, Bill, <laughs> that, that they actually incentivize playing the way the Nets like to play. Uh-huh. So they include an incentive to shoot uh, a number of threes per game. They include an incentive to shoot a number of free throws per game. Uh, we all know the Nets are built on threes and drives. And so it's just, um, you know, t- to me, I think that's that's such an interesting, like, incentive to put in a contract to to actually uh, say, here's here's how we want you to play, and here's, you know, we'll actually give you money for playing that. Way. Right. So it's, they want, he he gets, he has to make 2.8 three-pointers per game. He, he's averaged 2.1. Uh, so that's a pretty substantial jump to make, and they want him to make uh, at least 4.6 free throws per game, and he's averaged 4.4. So less significant there, but still, obviously, as you're saying, trying to guide him into the style of player that they want, yeah. which is interesting. We'll see. We'll see if it has any impact or if it's just you know he doesn't isn't motivated by those things. Right. And it still would, even if he hits every one of those, it would still be less than one-thirtieth of his total contract. But, you know. Yeah. Um, all right. Should we switch to mailbag? Yeah, let's do it. Thanks for indulging me on those Simon Says. <laughs> no problem. All right. First one is from Chris. Um, so it is related to the Nets logo. Uh, he thinks it's one of the more boring logos in the league. Mm. Um, his question is, do you like the Nets logo? If so, why? And if not, how would you envision it differently? Mm. Um, I've got, I've got an answer on this one. He also sent me, uh, I should note, thank you for the question, by the way, Chris. Uh, keep writing in. Uh, he sent me a rendition for the logo that he did. Um, which I will be posting as the image to this episode. Oh, cool. So uh, check it out. Hit us with feedback. Uh, I think it's great looking. I think it's better than our current logo. Mm. Uh, and he said he, he he mocked it up in about 15 minutes. So. Okay. Um, you mind if I take this first? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. All right. So I, I, I would say that when he asked what I thought about the logo, I had to think think about what it was, and it didn't really come to my mind quickly, which is telling of its lack of impact, I think. Mm -hmm. Um, I went to every single home game last season and have a podcast devoted to this team, and I don't know what the logo is because it's so unremarkable. Um, So, that's my my answer then is no, I don't like the logo. Uh, And if we're going to revamp I would say we need to go even deeper <laughs> than just the logo. Mm. Uh, we need to overhaul the entire thing. We need a different name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I agree with you. Our name, as, as <laughs> you're aware, is a piece of supply that is necessary to play basketball. Yeah. And Arguably not even necessary. It en- enhances the game, but you don't right. need a net. Easier to shoot, right? It would be that. comparable to calling us the Brooklyn Rims, the Brooklyn <laughs> Backboards, right. the Brooklyn Shot Clocks, the Brooklyn Benches. It's not a good name, right? Um, I think this is my proposal for a logo. We drop the name altogether and just have as our team name the geographical. Location, So we're just Brooklyn, right? And because we're in Brooklyn, um, and because we, don't, we won't then be beholden to a wizard or a ridiculous net or a uh, hornet or something like that, uh-huh. uh, we have total creative freedom. And since Brooklyn is filled with designers who can mock up a logo in 15 minutes that looks better than the one we currently have, we could have a thing where we solicit contributions from artists who live and work in Brooklyn to put forth logos, and every game we could have a different logo designed by a different local artist 
Um, and then each, uh, you know, it could be whatever. Brooklyn Bridge, the crazy Coney Island Joker one game, Slice of Pizza one game, the Slime Rats or whatever the hell they were thinking of calling themselves years ago. Um, <laughs> but, you know, like just let people creatively do something uh, to illustrate Brooklyn. It could be like a competition that artists would get some recognition for. And, I mean, it might be sort of logistically difficult to, like, manufacture all the all the different ones but they're making new jerseys for each game um, and you could get these designs locked in before the season right. if you if you close you give them right you, you you could figure out a timeline that makes right sense. I mean Spencer Dinwiddie is manufacturing new right. shoes for every game the Nets could figure out how to how to manufacture new logos for every game sure what do you think you in I think that is an ambitious bold <laughs> and absolutely on brand <laughs> suggestion that's Bill. so Brooklyn yeah that is that is very Brooklyn uh, my my response to this is is nowhere near as as uh, brash and uh, rule breaking um, as yours. My suggestion, though, I did I do hate our name and do think that we should change our name. Uh, yeah, thank you. Um, do you think we should change our name to the Brooklyn Slime Bill? And I'll, I'll tell you why. I think that uh, I, I'm a I'm a loud color guy as you know <laughs> and I find black and white and I guess gray uh, to be some of the dullest you know color palette around um, uh, this is not much you can do with that how about neon green <laughs> slime green as well oh, okay. as one of my absolute favorite colors royal blue a um, royal blue and I neon royal green, blue. yeah, yeah. Co- combined together. Yeah, just think about that. <laughs> it sounds honestly, it it's like giving me a headache thinking about those two <laughs> colors sitting next to each other. You, you got those two colors. You're thinking, ow, that hurt my ear. <laughs> oh boy, loud. I'm spinning. Uh, okay, the Brooklyn slime. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Uh, if anyone wants to mock up what the Brooklyn Slime would look like, <laughs> we would love to see an artist's rendition of that. Uh, thank you for the question and yeah, for the art, you. Chris. Uh, we will get it up. Again, everyone, check out the image. Let us know what you think um, on Twitter. And I'll, and I'll tweet it out, too. Yeah. Because what the heck? Uh, all right, next one's from at Mad Parker on Twitter. He says, maybe Nets time. Question for the next pod. Do you think the Nets should look to lock in Levert now and hope to get him at a discount? Or see if he can stay healthy for the year, knowing if he does that he'll cost them much more? What extension seems reasonable at this point? Simon, where are you at on this one? Uh, thank you for asking. Um, I feel like it all depends on the number. I'm happy to look into the idea of a Karis Levert signing. I think the, the one one big benefit is like Sean Marks has a lot of goodwill banked with the front office right now, with the um, ownership right now. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's bringing in all this money with the stars he's signed. So, you know, ownership can get cold feet as we saw after the signing, or after the trade for Joe... Um, Kevin Garnett and Paul Pierce, and then that, that like, lasted a year or two, I feel like, and then they were like, no more Joe, you know, no more Paul Pierce. We hate that. (laughs) See you later. That stunk. Um, And they were right, it did stink, but, like, clearly the plan was never to have that be a one-year go-round. Anyway, so that can happen. So if you lock Karis LeVert in now, you're you're at least guaranteeing that you have an asset that even if things don't work out, you have Karis LeVert, Mm -hmm. you can trade him, um... And, and you can use that to facilitate a rebuild or, or to, to plug in holes in the roster or whatever, um, as opposed to having him walk next uh, next year. Uh, but to me, I don't know how you feel about this. I would say I'd be uncomfortable signing Karras to more than about $18 million a year. I, I would say anything more than that, and I would say let's just... Let's play this thing out because of his, you know, injury history. What about yeah, you? no, I mean, I mean, that's that's a good point. I, <clears throat> I, my knee jerk is yes, sign him up right mm-hmm. now, um, because I don't think it would be a max, uh, even though he has the same agent. He's Rock Nation, right? Mm-hmm. So that is somewhat unnerving because I think that they have 
a good relationship with the Nets, which, which might mean that they would overpay. But basically, Karis LeVert is never going to be cheaper than he is right now. Um, just like we were agonizing over where they should do it with D'Lo, clearly they wouldn't have had to give what they would have to give this year with D'Lo. All right. Now, um, I mean, he could be cheaper if he gets hurt. But well, I don't. I don't actually know about like I. I. I think, and this might just be um, me wanting to hold on to the past. Uh, that this. That this actually is going to be the year where he puts it all together. I think Karis LeVert is going to emerge as the player we've seen flashes of, um, and that will make him pretty much a lock for a max guy next year, especially in a free agency that is bereft of much talent. Yes. Um, I think that we need to lock it down, <laughs> lock it down fast. I would go, I don't know what like what the limits are of where you can go. Is it like twenty seven million, like the Delo, similar yeah. to the Delo contract? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I would be comfortable with like anything up to like twenty three million, probably. Uh, but basically, anything that isn't a max, uh, lock it down on that. Okay, and you're willing to take the risks of of him getting another of. A many foot mid- injuries, right? No, he has endless injuries. I, uh, I've been a skeptic of <laughs> yeah. him for a very long time, and because I don't want to dwell on the negative feelings that I have expressed on this about our two superstars, um, I am choosing to reallocate my emotional delusions to (laughs) Karis LeVert becoming the superstar that some people think he might be. And which is why I want to lock him down. Okay. Uh, have you heard any rumblings about whether they're going to do it, whether they're in conversation? I have not. If they're very quiet about it if they are thinking about it. But, I mean, you know that they value him quite a bit. They, you, you know, they perennially say, oh, you know, people, he's the guy we get all the calls for, and we're, we're just not taking calls about it. Yeah, no, he he is definitely a um, a favorite of both Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson. One question is whether Joe Sy, who I believe will be the full owner next off season, mm-hmm. I think his chance to buy is like at the end of this year. Yeah, um, whether he is willing to pay him a lot of money, which will almost definitely I don't have a cap in front of me uh, here, but almost definitely push us into the luxury tax zone. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> certainly there would be ways to get around it, but you would then have three guys with max money, DeAndre with $10 million, and uh, you could move around a lot of the other guys, but that is going to be, you know, four-fifths of your, mm-hmm. of your cap space mm-hmm. right there at least. Mm-hmm. Uh, so then we would just be filling in bit pieces around them. Right. Uh, which is a pretty scary thought. Um, anyway... Thank you for the question, Matt Parker. Yeah, thank you. Um, keep them coming on Twitter. We always love being mentioned and chatting with you on Twitter. Um, final one on Instagram. We posted live from New Paltz a picture of Simon and myself partying pretty hard. Mm-hmm. Um, and... AMR over you, AMR, anyway, AMR over you, uh, wrote in the comments, just finished listening to the pod, uh, by the way, D-Lo did unfollow Spencer Dinwiddie on Instagram. Yes, yes. So, D-Lo, beloved folk hero in Brooklyn that he is. Uh, has unfollowed a single person on the Brooklyn Nets since leaving. Really? Yes. You, uh, you, you've I know you've gone back and done was the... ma- It was mentioned in another article. Oh, really? Jesus yeah. Christ. Uh, D- D-Lo, the one net that D'Lo stopped following was Spencer Dinwiddie. Uh, it harkens back to, oh, God, who was it? Kobe and Dwight. No, no. Um, 
to the guy who used to play uh, maybe Trevor Booker or someone who was asked who uh, the, the worst teammate he's ever played with was, and without hesitation, he said Spencer Dinwiddie. <laughs> uh, but they are buddies, though. Oh, wow. I mean... Whatever. I think Spencer's <laughs> a, obviously a monster. Um, no. <laughs> but clearly the beef is real. Clearly D'Lo has read the myriad stories of Spencer orchestrating his replacement in Brooklyn, and that annoyed D'Lo, as it rightly should have. I know we've already spent way too much time talking about this over the last several episodes, and it was a preoccupation of mine throughout the year, the discord in their relationship, which I felt I could see with my aluminum foil cap on yeah, that no one you, else could. Yeah, you were really vindicated, um, I do feel some vindication mm-hmm. here. All right, and this final thing, and then we will wrap it up because, well, we've exhausted... Oh, sorry, do you want to talk about something? Oh, no, I was just going to say thank you for that. That That is, you know, the quintessential thing we're, we're looking for are, are questions and also uh, salacious news items that you're bringing to us direct to our Twitter was, feed. Very helpful. Uh, yeah, we spent hours in New Pulse, New York, and Woodstock's <laughs> wedding balls discussing that single comment. So yeah. thank you very much. Uh, it was fascinating stuff. I did read about it several days later, but this was... You broke it for us. Thank you. Um, final thing, this tweet that I've been meaning... I've had at the end of our agenda every week for weeks now, um, but haven't talked about. It was in a Nets Daily article by Net Income. Mm-hmm. Which is totally absurd, if true. It seems fake, but mm-hmm. it's totally absurd. So <laughs> there's this guy, Casey Kiernan. He's a real estate agent. Uh-huh. And you know how, like, <sighs> luxury for sale properties in New York City come with just, like, myriad perks because there's just a dearth of people who could possibly afford it, so they dress them up. They're like, you know, we'll fillet you every day for the next 200 mm-hmm. years or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, so this $85 million apartment, $85 million apartment on the west side of Manhattan includes the following things, Simon. Two Rolls Royces and one Lamborghini, a house in the Hamptons, so you get another house, a yacht, two Brooklyn Nets season tickets... Weekly dinners at a Michelin star restaurant, a butler, private chef for a year, $2 million for renovations, and two seats on a flight to space. Um, at least one what, of those things is not something you can actually give to someone what, right now. <laughs> what of those things stands out as kind of the bump? I mean, for <laughs> us, it would be awesome to have two Brooklyn right. Net season tickets. Right. But we're talking about space traveler a I know. Butler, right? Uh, and then going to outer space. It's like a, a, a which, yeah. And another house. And another house in the fucking. This Hampton. listing includes another house. <laughs> right. Just FYI. Right. Um, yeah, it does seem made up, uh, but yeah, it's absurd, especially because it's Upper West Side, Manhattan, which is super close to another uh, franchise that shall be unnamed, mm-hmm. but is far more popular. Yeah. And much closer to where that house is. I wonder what the Michelin star restaurant is. Uh, yeah, maybe you get to choose every week, Bill. Ooh, I would I would try to write that into that contract. Mm-hmm. Eighty five million dollars for a home, and then they give you two million dollars. Why not say eighty three million? <laughs> and we won't give you two or, million dollars. I mean, like all of that stuff combined has to add up to like ten million dollars or something like that. Yeah, it, it seems like maybe just don't. Design your own perks around that, right? Or, the or maybe, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Stop building these absurd, empty asset bubble homes that nobody actually wants to fucking right. live in. And right, and how's em- the ever-growing homeless population? <laughs> right. an, an empty home that's used as purely as a, a financial asset cannot go to a restaurant every, every week. <laughs> right, right. Uh, um, LLCs can't order from a menu, right. unfortunately. Right. Oh, anyway, I'm glad we finally talked about it because now I don't have to copy and paste it into next week's agenda. Um, but funny <laughs> that the nets are included in these vanity packages for ultra wealthy assholes. Yeah. Um, all right. So 
I think that's going to take us... Oh, wait. Do you want to hear um, the drops I made earlier? Sure, Bill. All right. This, folks... Oh, shit. It's just on the uh, computer. I don't have the other mic set up. All right. They're not They're not good, so you definitely will enjoy it. <laughs> um, first one is the worst one. Okay. So. Okay. <laughs> they're all bad. They're coming from a speaker system you don't oh, want. Oh, yeah. It's not even happening. <laughs> all right. You know what? We're going to hit the drops next time. I made drops. Okay. Uh, just a teaser, then. Mm. I made drops for Wilson Chandler. <laughs> And uh, my, actually, honestly, my favorite pickup of the offseason, Wilson Chandler, and then my most, be- my my most loathed pickup of the offseason, DeAndre Jordan. Mm. Are are you coming around at all? On like, have you read one piece of evidence to corroborate him being good at all that is not put out by a Nets homer? Uh, no. I mean. Because every single person who I hear talk about it in the national media derides the addition of DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, or or at best treats it as the cost of signing Kevin Durant. Right, right, right. Um, okay, well, I have... It's. It, I mean, nothing is capable of encapsulating my dislike of that signing, um, but the, the, the drop goes a very small way towards doing mm. it. Um, anyway, we'll be back soon. Uh, email, tweet, all that crap. Send it to us. Questions, please. Send us questions. Like, seriously, send us questions, because that is way more fun for us. It's really fun, yeah. Um, especially in the dog days of summer when... I don't really know what dog days that is, means, that expression, dog days. I don't know uh, <laughs> Well, We'll talk about that next time. <laughs> uh, we'll get back to you on that one. Um... But it's just so much more fun for us to talk about things that people will write in than it is to, you know, go tro- go through all the uh, Nets Daily articles and try to figure out something that's going on. We are going to do a nickname episode again mm-hmm. soon um, and, and get some more drops going. But uh, questions would be great. So send them in. It's been great talking with you all. It's been great talking with you, Simon. It's been yeah. a while because uh, I was working all weekend, yeah. so haven't had a hang in almost a week. I know. Maybe exactly a week. Yeah. Um, so I guess we'll go ahead and see, see ya next, next time. I was tired of my lady. We'd been together too long. Like a worn-out recording. A favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read If you like Pina Colada